Do I already have it? All right. I was like the high sign. That means that means we're on. So, okay. Let's uh, let's go to. Does anybody remember what our foundational verse is for this series on uh, Jesus's healing crusade? Does anybody remember Acts ten thirty eight? All right. Remember how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed to the devil, for God was with him. And so we, I've said so much about that verse. Of course, there's more we could say about it, but uh, that's our foundational verse for this series. And so I've been reviewing every week, but this week I'm not going to review. We're going to just go right into the new material. So let's go to Matthew, the ninth chapter. And the 32nd verse, and uh, notice here Matthew 9, uh, 32, as they went out, now that's Jesus and his uh, disciples, behold, they brought to him a man, mute and demon-possessed, mute and demon-possessed. And when the demon was cast out, the mute spoke, and the multitudes marveled, saying, uh, it was never seen like this in Israel. And, uh, you know, Jesus came with power, came with authority, and he did things that these people had never seen before. And the scribes and the Pharisees, the religious leaders of the day, they couldn't help, help people. They, they weren't getting anybody healed or set free of anything. Uh, but Jesus came in the power of the Holy Spirit and uh, was helping people. And they'd never seen anything like that before. Uh, and it's interesting, and I've told you this before, but it bears repetition that uh, in this case, now in this particular case, there was a demon that was causing the problem here in this man's life. There was a demon causing a problem. Now, most of the time when folks are sick, you know, dealing with ailments and things, most of the time, from my experience of it, it's not a, a, a demon that's causing it. Now, we understand the devil is behind all sickness and disease. We understand that. But it's uh, typically not a, a demon that's causing uh, causing a problem. Uh, it's just, you know, a result of the fall of man and, and sickness and disease has hit someone's body. But there's not a demon that's causing it. But sometimes, uh, on some occasions, there is. And uh, when that is the case, unless the demon is dealt with, you'll not be able to get the person, you'll not be able to get, get him healed. You just won't. And that'll bear itself out as we go along. But in this case, notice uh, Jesus cast the demon out and the mute spoke. And the multitudes marveled. Now, let's go to Luke 7. We're just going through and looking at Jesus' uh, uh, healings and miracles that he did. Uh, again, I, th I think it would be neat if we could have uh, been there with him 2,000 years ago. But we can't do that physically. But we can go into the Word of God and, and be with him every step of the way. So, here in Luke... And you, you have to realize, too, that Jesus did far more than what's recorded in the Gospel accounts. You need to understand that. Uh, uh, the, uh, I believe John said that uh, in his gospel account, he said that if uh, everything that Jesus did had been recorded, the, 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 you know, written down in books, the world itself couldn't contain the book. So Jesus did a lot more than what we read in the Bible. But, uh, but these things that, that the Holy Spirit has given us, they've been given us. Uh, so that we can, uh, you know, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and, and have faith and trust in him. So the Holy Ghost gave us what we need, you see. So here in Luke, the seventh chapter, it happened the day after that he, Jesus, went into the city called Nain. And many of his disciples went with him and a large crowd. Now, remember, now this says a large crowd. 
now, a lot of times the Bible talks about multitudes. Remember, uh, how big is a multitude? Well, nobody really knows, but one Jewish tradition says that a multitude is uh, 10,000 people. And then the Bible talks about great multitudes. So you realize that Jesus had, had large amounts of people with him much of the time following him. And, and, uh, and, and they, 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 remember, they came to hear and what? Hear and be healed. Hear and be healed. And, uh, but anyway, he went into the city of Nain and a large crowd was there. And when he came near the gate of the city, behold, a dead man was being carried out, the only son of his mother. And she was a widow. Now she's in bad shape here, isn't she? She's, she's basically abandoned here. And a large crowd from the city was with her. So now you got two large crowds coming together. The one that was with Jesus and the one here in this uh, funeral pr procession. And when the Lord saw her, Notice he had compassion on her. You need to realize Jesus is compassionate, very compassionate. It was his compassion that caused him to heal people and help people, you know. And he had compassion on her and said to her, do not weep. Then he came and touched the open coffin. <laughs> I mean, now this, this is really cool here. He touched Jesus, touched the open coffin, and those who carried him stood still. So you got the you got the pallbearers standing still, and uh, he and he said, "Young man, I say to you, arise." And it is interesting in Scripture you you don't see where God raises elderly people from the dead. If you go study it, I think you'll find that when the dead are raised, uh, uh, you know uh, they're they're younger. I guess Lazarus, he would be probably the old, oldest one that I'm aware of that got raised from the dead. But if I had to guess, he was probably in his 30s somewhere, you know, hadn't lived out his life. What I'm trying to say is when people have lived out their days, you know, you don't see them being raised from the dead in the Bible. But that's just a side side note. But anyway, notice here he came and touched the open coffin. Now, how many of you would like to have been there for this one? I mean, <laughs> and he came and touched the open coffin and those who carried him stood still. Now the pallbearers are stopped. And he said, young man, I say to you, arise. You know, young man, again, the young. Remember when he raised Jairus' daughter, she was what, 12 years old. So you see him raising, raising people, you know, that are, that are younger, haven't lived out their days. Anyway, young man, I say to you, arise. So he who was... <laughs> He who was dead sat up and began to speak. Now think about that. Now I'd like to know what he was saying. Now I wish the Bible told us what he was saying. But the Bible doesn't tell us what he was saying. He just sat up and began to speak. Uh, I, I just think that this would have been one I would have liked to have been in on to watch that. I would have liked to have heard what he had to say. Uh, uh, you know, I, I think there's no question he had been his spirit. See, his spirit had left his body. I mean, this man's this boy is graveyard dead. He's been dead probably for a little while, I, I presume. I mean, I, I don't know how long he'd been dead, but some some length of time, maybe maybe a couple of days. I mean, they were taking him out to bury him, weren't they? So they probably had some ceremonies and things. So, I mean, he was gone. He's dead. I mean, he's deader than a doornail, you know. And uh, but uh, his spirit had left his body. And from my study of the Bible, his spirit, I mean, he's a young man. And so he, you know, he was, uh, I think this, he, under the age of accountability. So he must have been in Abraham's bosom, you know. Uh, you know what that is, don't you? That was where people in the Old Testament, 
died that were believers in the Lord. You know, they, they, they didn't go in the Old Testament up to heaven when they died. They went into the inner workings of the earth. They went into Abraham's bosom. You know, now there's people that didn't believe in the Lord. They went into hell. Uh, you understand that hell's still going today, by the way, it's still there. And the only way to miss it is through repentance and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, Abraham's bosom was closed down when Jesus was raised from the dead. The Bible says he led captivity captive and all of that. So he took the spirits of those people in Abraham's bosom, took them up to heaven when he was raised from the dead. Now on this side of the cross, when a believer dies, you don't go to Abraham's bosom or paradise, you go to heaven. You know, which is far better than here. But even in Abraham's, Abraham's bosom, you can read Luke the 16th chapter and see it was a place of comfort, you know. That's where Abraham was, you know. And remember uh, Lazarus, that beggar, he went there. Remember that? How many remembers that? So that's where this young man must have been, in my opinion. So maybe he started talking and telling people what it was like to be uh, in Abraham's bosom for a while. You know, it was, it was a place of comfort. I, I don't know. Maybe it's possible, you know, from Abraham, I never really thought about it, but you know, from Abraham's bosom, you could see over into hell, couldn't you? Couldn't you? you read Luke the 16th chapter. Maybe he sat up and started telling everybody, I'm so glad I didn't go to hell. You know, I, I, I don't know what he said, but nonetheless, he sat up and he began to speak. And, uh, and then Jesus presented him to his mother. Then fear fell upon all. Well, that'll do it, won't it? I mean, that'll do it. That'll do it. <laughs> just, I just would love to see Jesus go to a, go to a funeral where, you know, some uh, young person has died and see him raise him from the dead. That, that, that's something, isn't it? That's something, isn't it? That'd be something. Uh, but, you know... Uh, Jesus said, if you, you know, you believe on him, the works that he does, we can do also and greater. So, you know, you know, there's been documentations of people that, that had been raised from the dead over the years. Smith Wigglesworth, he was a, he was an apostle of faith that lived in the days gone by. And, and, and there's documented cases where by the power of the Holy Spirit, he raised people from the dead, you know. And uh, so I, I tell you what, I think, I think that'd just be, be something to raise somebody from the dead. Uh, but, but, uh, so I've never been in a situation where I've had to do that, but, <laughs> um, but you think about it being raised from the dead. And so he raised, now let's think about it. He raised this, this boy here. He raised, uh, Jairus's daughter, right? And uh, he raised Lazarus. We'll get to that as we go. We've already talked about Jairus's daughter. Can, th can you think of anyone else that Jesus raised? He raised, no. Now, Peter's mother-in-law was just, she was sick with a high fever and he rebuked the fever. Uh, I, I, I don't suppose Peter was hoping that she was dead. <laughs> I, 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 uh, uh, let's be careful now. But I, I will say this. Uh, uh, there was a couple, you know, and they went to the Holy Land for a tour. And, uh, you know, they take tours in the Holy Land. And uh, uh, the, 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 they were a younger couple. And, and uh, uh, the lady, the female, you know, the, the wife, she insisted that the mother-in-law go along with them to the Holy Land. Have you heard this one? And so uh, anyway, so so they go over to the Holy Land. They're over in the Holy Land for a couple of weeks, you know, on a tour, you know, vacation. And in the process of that vacation, uh, the mother-in-law, uh, she dies. 
And so she's over at the mor- at the morgue, and the fella goes over there. The husband go, uh, you know, his mother in law's dead. He goes over there, and the and the guy that's running the morgue says that we can bury her here in the Holy Land for hundred fifty dollars, or for five thousand dollars, we can have her shipped back to the United States and have her buried there. And, and, and so the, the fellow said, well, that's easy. We're going to ship her back to the United States. And the mortuary guy says, oh, my gosh, you're going to you mean you're going to spend five thousand dollars to ship her back when you could have her buried here in the Holy Land for one hundred and fifty dollars. What, what, what man have you taken leave of your senses? He said, no, no. He said two thousand years ago, there was a man that died here on a cross. They buried him. And three days later, he rose from the dead. He said, I can't take that chance with my mother in law. He said. <laughs> we, can't, we can't take that chance. Have her come out of that. We can't take we can't take that chance. So <laughs> okay. So maybe there's some folks you don't want to raise from the dead. You just want to well, leave well enough alone. Is that right? <laughs> Jesus raised the guy from the dead. He healed the deaf mute, you know. And now let's go on to Matthew 11. What do you say? All right, let's reset. Now, see, when we first started teaching on the, on the thing there, uh, while you're turning to Matthew 11, if I got into this and I messed up, then we could just shut it off and start all over. But I can't do that now, so... Matthew 11, verse 20. He began to rebuke the cities in which most of his mighty works had been done because they did not repent. Now, you think about a verse in the Bible that will make you think. He began to rebuke the cities in which most of his mighty works has been done because they did not repent. You would think that that uh, when you see miracles of the caliber that Jesus was doing, You would think that people would repent. But they didn't. And that's always amazed me. It's always has amazed me. It's always has amazed me. It just, I mean, you've been in here listening to me teach now on, on his miracles for the last many weeks. Think about it. And they didn't repent. I mean, seeing people raised from the dead and, 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 and lame people getting up off of uh, stretchers and, and eyes coming open and all of that. I mean, this is a verse to ponder. And let's don't ever let any of us be like these people here. Now, I believe on the Lord Jesus Christ without needing to see all the works. And, you know, the healings and miracles. I believe on him if he didn't do a miracle at all. How about you? Yes. But, but, you know, he did, he did say, Jesus did say at one point, he said, you know, at least believe on me for the very works sake, the works that he was doing. And, uh, but these people, they didn't repent. And, and notice here in verse 21, woe to you, Chorazan, woe to you, Bethsaida. For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. And I say to you, it will be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon in the day of judgment than for you. And you, Capernaum, who are exalted to heaven, 
will be brought down to Hades. For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in, now think about this, in Sodom. You know about Sodom and Gomorrah, don't you? So if these, if the works that Jesus had done had been done in Sodom, that evil place, they would have repented. Jesus said so. And it would have remained till this day. Think about that. The evil people of Sodom. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, those people were some of the most evil, I guess, in the whole Bible. And Jesus himself said, if the works that were done in, in, in you know, that he had done, had been done there, that they'd have repented. But Chorazon, Bethsaida, remember Bethsaida, we'll talk about it later, uh, when Jesus uh, healed somebody in conjunction with that city. But remember that, we'll talk about that in another session. Um, but, but Chorazin, Bethsaida, all these, you know, where was it, Capernaum and so forth. He did these mighty works and those people did not repent. Um, it, it's something to me, it's, it's always amazed me. Anyway, let's go to Mark, the third chapter. Um, Let's go to Mark, the third chapter. Let's look at this one. And he entered the synagogue again. And now I'm going to read Mark's account here. But, but if you read Luke's account, you'll see that he went in there and he taught. Remember Jesus again and again. He what? He went about teaching, preaching and healing. So he taught. And a man was there who had a withered hand. Luke tells us it was his right hand. It was withered. It was withered. So they watched him closely, whether he would heal on the Sabbath. Now, it's interesting that these leaders of the synagogue and the religious people didn't care about the man's withered hand. All they cared about is whether or not Jesus would heal on the Sabbath. Isn't that, isn't that, that that's something like, some time ago, remember I did a, a series on the Pharisees, the Sadducees and all of that. We spent a couple of weeks on it. Some despicable people, you know. And uh, in one case, we'll get to it as we go. Jesus healed a, uh, somebody that was lame and he, he said, take up your bed and walk. And the guy picked up his bed and walked and they were upset because he was carrying his bed on the, on the wrong day of the week, on the Sabbath day. Isn't that sad? But they watched Jesus closely whether he would heal on the Sabbath. So they might accuse him. They didn't care about this man. They cared about their, all their religiosity. And he said to the man who had the withered hand, step forward. And he said to them, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil, to save life or kill? But they kept silent. And when he looked around at them with anger, being grieved by the hardness of their hearts. Now, Luke's account tells us that these people weren't saying a word, but Jesus knew their thoughts. Remember, we talked last week about the importance of not just what you say, but what's in your heart. And you can have, have uh, you know, things in your heart that, you know, judgmentalism and things in your heart that, that can, can, can cost you. And so they had these things in their heart and he looked around at them with anger, being grieved by the hardness of their hearts. And he said to them, he said to the man, notice what he said to the man. He said, stretch out your hand. 
Now, I believe Jesus probably said it with some authority. Stretch out your hand. And notice the man stretched it out and his hand was restored as whole as the other. Now, isn't that wonderful? But when the Pharisees went out, but notice in verse 6, the Pharisees went out and immediately plotted with Herodians against him how they might destroy him. Think about that. Jesus heals this man with the withered hand. And all the Pharisees wanted to do is destroy Jesus. I believe a lot of it, there's probably a lot you can say about it, but a lot of it probably had to do with, uh, with jealousy. They couldn't get anybody healed, but Jesus was getting people healed. Something, isn't it? But Jesus said to him, he said, stretch out your hand. Now, I'm convinced that it took some faith on this man's part to stretch it out. Because just think, for however long it had been withered, he had never been able to do that. Remember, we've talked to you about how important it is to have faith and to, you know, operate by faith. And, and uh, when Jesus tells you to stretch out your hand, you need to do it. Right? And uh, you need to do it. But think about it. Let's put ourselves in, the, in, the, in this man's position. He'd never been able to do that for however long it had been. Maybe since birth. I don't know. But however long it had been, his hand had been withered. He'd never been able to do that. Jesus said do it. But, he, you know, I'm glad this man didn't get into an argument with Jesus. And what do you mean argument? Not, maybe not an argument, but I can't. I can't. Jesus says, do it. I can't do it. I can't. I've already had people in the healing line over the many years gone by where I knew that I knew. I mean, the power of God went into them. I knew I, I just knew in my heart that, you know, but but, you know, faith is, is hearing the word and faith is believing in your heart. But there's also action to faith. Faith without corresponding action is dead. And I've I've said to people already, you know, do something you couldn't do. Haven't you ever heard, you know, some, some of the good healing evangelists tell people do something you couldn't do before, you know. And uh, it, it, it takes faith. And. Uh, and so this man did something he couldn't do before. He stretched out his hand. I remember one time right here on in, in, in here, I think I was standing right over in there. Uh, there was a, a lady that attended back in those days. Uh, her first name was Vivian. I don't know if any of you remember her, but wonderful, wonderful lady. And uh, and, 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 and now if you're listening and you, you weren't attending here over the years, you'd think we had these healing lines every week. We didn't. It was just periodically as the spirit of God would move. And, and direct them, but uh, but she came up in a healing line one time. And here's the thing: she uh, came up in the healing line. I called the healing line. I don't know. Again, it was one of those that went from wall to wall and all of that. But I noticed as people were coming up, it it took her. And I'm not exaggerating. It it probably took her from just right in this middle area over here. It probably took her what should have would you know the walk would normally be probably about ten seconds. It probably took her three minutes, give or take. I think that's fair. Maybe maybe a little longer to get from right there up to here. I mean, just her her back was out, just just barely going. And so she was up here, 
And, uh, and I remember I was praying for people, but when I got to her, I prayed for her, released the power of God into her back. And, and I felt the power of God go in her. And, and normally, you know, we just, we just go on and pray for others. But I felt impressed to tell her, I, I said, walk that way. And, and she hesitated for just a second. You know, what do you mean walk that way? I can bear. I, and I said, walk that way. And so she starts, I mean, she starts out going. And I mean, she's just going. You remember Tim Conway on, on Carol Burnett? I mean, she, and it, I mean, it took her the longest time and she walked over and she got over to there, you know, to the, to the wall. And I wasn't paying any attention to her anymore. She was just doing what I told her to, to do. And, uh, and so I'm on praying for other people and ministering. And, uh, and the next thing you know, back over by the sound booth, I hear this riotous, just this breakout of riotousness, you know, of just cheering and, and praising God and so forth. And what happened was back over about the sound booth, the power of God, it went into her back right there. But something happened back there. The power of God hit her. I, I don't know what all happened, but she was instantly that manifestation instantly hit her right there. And she's running around the room, totally healed by the power of God. Does anybody remember that? There's some people who remember that. Absolutely the truth. Running around the room and totally and completely healed. Makes me think healed. Makes me think of that day that there, I think there was a foot anointing in, in here that one day. Uh, two people uh, got their feet healed, uh, that their feet were broken. Uh, the one guy, I think he broke his foot in a motorcycle accident. And the other guy had his heel was broken. And, uh, and they, they both got healed. The one guy got his heel healed. That's pretty interesting. And they're both running around. By the power, under the power of God, healed, you know, by his power. Isn't, isn't that wonderful? Yeah. Wonderful, isn't it? Heels were healed. But anyway, but this, 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 this lady, Vivian, now she was totally healed. It was, it was just miracle, just wonderful. And I remember, uh, though, now here's something else that'll help you. Because uh, you got to tell the whole story. She went home. You know, there is a corporate anointing. There, there's something happens when believers get together. And, uh, and she got away from that corporate anointing. She went home and later that afternoon, that thing came back on her and there she is, there she is going again, just barely able to walk. Now think about that. Couldn't walk that morning. Power God hit her. She's running around the room and now she's back home and she barely can walk. And so she said, devil, you're not going to steal my healing from me. And she got into the word of God. And she stood on the word of God. She quoted the scripture and then the power of God hit her again and she was totally fine. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? And then I think of a, one year later, it's interesting, this just about, about a year later, it's not to the day, but about a year later, there was a, there was a fella that attended here. Nobody would have a clue who I'm talking about and as I'd never embarrass anybody. But uh, now he came in the line and, and it was, it was a very similar situation to what Vivian had. Very similar. He wasn't walking quite as slow as her, but it was, it was, it was similar. And, uh, and, and 
and I had that same manifestation with him. I've only had that, that particular one twice where I've told somebody to walk that way. And, and the same thing with Vivian, exact, exact same manifestation. And see, I can't make these things happen. If I can make them happen, I'd do it every time. But it's as the Spirit wills, you know. Uh, and so I had the exact same manifestation, prayed for him and the whole thing. And I said, walk that way. And, uh, and he, he, he uh, did the same thing Vivian did. But Vivian at least went. He balked at it. Balked at it. And then, and then, and then I, I was just bold. I said, go on, walk that way. I was trying to, remember when Paul was in Lystra? Remember that? And there was a man there that's crippled. Remember that? He never walked. And he heard, he heard Paul speak and Paul perceived he had faith to be healed. Remember that? And Paul said to him with a loud voice, remember? He said, uh, stand up on your feet, so on and so forth. And the guy leaped and walked. Sometimes you have to be bold to get people to release their faith. And I was bold with this guy. I said, walk that way. And so he went up, but it was like, you know, I can't do this. I can't do it. I can't do it. And so he did the Tim Conway all the way around the room, came back up just as crippled as when he, or just as in the same situation as when he came up. And I'm not putting him down. I'm just saying, you see, faith plays such a big part in these things. And what people don't realize a lot of times is, you know, we lay hands on people and we pray for them. And they think that, uh, you know, they don't play, have a part to play, but they do. Their faith. Remember, Jesus says their faith, their faith. And sometimes, you, I mean, you got to release your faith with words and our actions. And this guy, he, now he could have been healed. Now, I'm not putting him down. I'm trying to teach you something because you wouldn't have a clue who I'm talking about. But see, I can't do it. 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 Well... You know, uh, we have to we have to take a step of faith and do things that we couldn't do. Even if it's just wiggle your little finger. Even if it's just wiggle your little finger in your mind, do something. You need to realize that. You need to realize that. Um, uh, and much we could say about it. Um, let's go. Let's just do a couple of more. Let's do two more and then we'll close. We'll, we'll, we'll stop. Have you recovered from me messing up that joke? Yes. We still love you. You do? That's really a funny joke. It is. If you tell it right. But I messed it up. But I hadn't told it in years. Huh? You liked it when I messed it up, right? You're sitting over there loving it, you know? You like watching me sweat up here, right? Okay. Well... I'll wait a year until you all forget and I'll tell it again. And, but I did good with the mother-in-law one, didn't I? Yeah. Okay. Hey, Mark 3, verse 7. Two more. Let's do two more and then we'll stop. Jesus withdrew. This is Mark 3, verse 7. We, Jesus withdrew with his disciples to the sea. And a great multitude, there's that great multitude, from Galilee followed him and from Judea. And Jerusalem and Eduma and beyond the Jordan and those from Tyre and Sidon, a great multitude... When they heard how many things he was doing, came to him. See, they heard of Jesus. They came to him. They heard of what he was doing. They came to him. That's faith, isn't it? Yes. So he told his disciples, so he told his disciples that a small boat, now watch this, should be kept ready for him because of the multitude, lest they should crush him. Do you see Jesus had a lot of people following him? See that? Lest they should crush him. So you got to get that in your mind. That's what Jesus had to deal with. These large crowds. 
get the boat ready anyway so that he doesn't so he's got a way of escape so he doesn't get crushed verse 10 for he healed many now watch this so that as many as had afflictions pressed about him to touch him they're after that power aren't they and the unclean spirits, here it is now, whenever they saw him, fell down before him, crying out, saying, you are the son of God. Think about that atmosphere. You got demon possessed people crying out, the demons crying out to Jesus. You are the son of God. You are the son of God. Try to put yourself in that atmosphere. What an atmosphere to be in. What an atmosphere to be in. I think I would have loved it. But just think about demonic people crying out, you are the son of God. Think about that. People pushing in and, you know, Jesus is concerned he's going to be crushed. Well, let's close in Luke 13. Let's go there. Verse 10. <clears throat> Luke 13, 10. Now he was teaching... In one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, see, there it is again, he's teaching, teaching. See, we a lot of times think all he's doing is healing, but he's doing teaching and he's teaching and preaching, teaching and preaching, teaching and preaching. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years. Now, here it is, a spirit of infirmity. Now, this lady has, there's a spirit causing it. 18 years, that's a long time. And was bent over and could in no ways way rise herself up. Now think about that. Looking at the ground for 18 years. When Jesus saw her, he called, he called her to him and said to her, Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. So he loosed her from that demonic power. See, you've got to deal with the demonic power before you're going to be able to get the physical manifestation. And notice, now see, then he lays his hands on her. So he looses her from the demonic power, from that spirit of infirmity. And then he lays his hands on her. So the healing power of God flowed into her. And immediately she was made straight and glorified God. It's wonderful, isn't it? But the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath. Isn't that sad? See, he didn't care about the woman. Cared that Jesus did it on the wrong day of the week, according to him. And he said to the crowd, <clears throat> notice what this guy says to the crowd. There are six days on which men ought to work. Therefore, come and be healed on them and not on the Sabbath day. Well, he wasn't getting them healed on the other six, was he? The Lord then answered him and said, hypocrite, does not each of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or donkey from the stall and lead it away to water? So ought not this woman being a daughter of Abraham. See, she was a daughter of Abraham. She didn't know who she was. You see, she really didn't know who she was. She was a daughter of Abraham. You know, we need to know who we are in Christ. And if we know who we are in Christ, we know the healing belongs to us. See, if you were a, a child of Abraham, you were in that Abrahamic covenant, covenant healing belonged to you. She didn't realize that, apparently. And notice he says, he says, So ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham... Whom Satan has bound. See, Satan is the binder. He's the bad one. He's the binder. Think of it for 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath. And when he said these things, 
All his adversaries were put to shame and all the multitude rejoiced for all the glorious things that were done by him. See, the multitudes rejoiced, but the religious people didn't. Very sad. And uh, I think about, I'll close with this story. Now, this is not a joke, so I won't mess it up. But I remember my wife uh, back years ago before we... Uh, uh, you know, when we were just in the dating phase. And I've told the story before, but maybe there's somebody that hasn't heard it. But we were in the dating phase, and uh, she, uh, I, had, I had had a first date with her, and uh, I, th I think this might have been the second date. And, uh, and so I was all excited about it. And uh, she calls me on the phone and says, I can't make the date. And I said, why not? She says, my back is out. I can't, I can't hardly, you know, it's hard for me to walk. I can't straighten up. That's, this woman bent over made me think of that. And so uh, I said, oh my gosh, you know, I got to have this date, you know. I, you know. But see, I never dated. I, I mean, she's the only woman I've ever dated in my whole life. And, uh, and I got the, what, the second date. I, I, I need to go on this date, you know. And so... Uh, but she called and said she couldn't go. Her back was out. So I said, well, could I at least come over and uh, read you some scriptures and you know, pray for you? And she said, well, surely. And so I went over there to her apartment. And, and when she came to the door, I'm not, I mean, she opened the door and I saw the top of her head. I mean, her, you know, saw the top of her head because she couldn't lift herself up. Remember that? She couldn't raise herself up. And, uh, and so went in there and and she sat down, I sat down, and I just, I, I read her some healing scriptures. And then I laid my hands on her and just prayed, you know. And, and I'll never forget it. She said, she said, there it is. The power of God hit her in the back and straightened it, straightened it up, didn't it? Is that right? Is that what happened? Absolutely. She was totally healed. And, and, and we got that date in, praise God, got that date in. And I took her out, I think I took her out for Kentucky Fried Chicken or something or other, but, but I got the date in. Thank God for the healing power of God. Okay? Amen, amen. Hey, we're going to do this today. Would you hand those to me? We're going to do this today as we close. If you're out there, you can, everybody stand with me. Thank you. Stretch your hands out here. What these are, we did this last week, but what these are, these are claws that go to cancer patients. And uh, Brandy makes them and they're like uh, things that, like head coverings and, and various, most of them are head coverings, you know, with the chemotherapy. When, and let, let's record this. Let's, let's let the people out there be in on this. Uh, you can all stretch your hands out. These, these are claws, or not, I say claws, but they're like hat, head coverings and, and whatnot. I guess some uh, mask, masks, masks, masks and head coverings for cancer patients and so forth, you know. And, um, uh, uh, and, you know, the power of God will go into cloth. Did you know that? It really will. And you see that in, in the book of Acts with the Apostle Paul. And you can look that up if you don't believe me. But let's release the power of God into these claws. And uh, when they go to these cancer patients, we believe that it, it'll be a blessing to them. So in the name of the Lord Jesus, we release the healing power of God into these claws. And as they come in contact with the bodies of those that are infirm and ill, we command sickness and disease to depart. We command cancer to depart. 
be healed. If there's a spirit causing the problem, we command you to depart, to, to depart those bodies. Leave those bodies. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we release the power of God into, the, into their bodies. To affect a healing and a cure. We curse you cancer. We command you to cease and desist in your operation against these people. And we trust that if any know not the Lord Jesus Christ. That they'll be drawn by the power of God. To him in Jesus name. Now uh, you know before you turn that off. I want to share this testimony. We've got many testimonies with these claws over the years. Uh, two that stand out to me. The one is. A uh, uh, lady that attends our church still to this day. You know, she's not here today, but wonderful lady. She came up to get one of these one time. Not one of these, but we we usually use handkerchiefs. But uh, she came up to get one for her husband because he had a problem in his body or something or other. But she had a neck problem. Her neck was, was hurting her real bad. And she, she came up to get a cloth for her husband and, and she said just as she touched the cloth she said electricity ran up her out of that cloth ran up her arm hit her in the neck and healed her can you say amen to that amen. glory to god that's been some years ago we've had many such testimonies you know along those similar lines but the one that i that i remember you know is it's interesting uh we had a a, a couple that come came up one day and their son was running from the lord and he didn't, he didn't live with them, but he'd come home and like spend the weekends or this or that. He was running from the Lord. And so they came up and got a cloth and they just took it and they put it in the, they put it like in the bed where he slept at night, you know, and they just slipped it in under the, under the, under the sheet cover or whatever is the mattress cover. And uh, they said, you know, he'd, when he'd come home, he'd sleep in that bed. That He'd just go in there and just sleep like a log. But once they put that, see, he was running from the Lord. Once they put that cloth in there, he'd go in, he'd lay there for a few minutes. He'd have to get up and go sleep on the couch. Isn't that something? Healing power of God. I mean, the power of God is, is very real, folks. It's very real. I trust that young man got back to the Lord. But see, he was running from the power of God. But it's just, it's just a testimony that shows you that it's very real. It's very real. So, hey, if you're out there today and you don't know Jesus, I encourage you to call on the name of the Lord. Because the Bible says whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Okay? And, uh, and before I leave you today, I ask you one more time, please forgive me for goofing up that joke. <laughs> I'll do it better next time. Okay, you're dismissed. God bless you.